0: The 2022 NFL draft is rapidly approaching, so it's mock draft Monday, and today we're unveiling our first four round mock for the Chargers.
1: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast
0: on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. We very much appreciate it. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And David, it is Mock Draft Monday. The draft is coming up quickly and we're going to try to get to every Chargers pick and a mock in some sort or fashion. But today we're going through the first four rounds, which is three picks for the Chargers. So we're going to start with the first round pick, then get into two second round or third round options for the Chargers that we haven't talked about yet. And for the first time, start talking about some fourth round options at the end of the show. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David, well, we've done a couple of mock drafts so far, and we've spent a lot of time talking about the first round for the Chargers, pretty much talking about any conceivable option for the chargers at 17 but we know that they're going to have to especially with the contracts they've given out hit on some later picks as well and we know that there could be some good players available to them in the third and fourth round we're going to get into that today but it starts with 17 and that's the one they have to get right because it's the most sure bet that you're going to get an impact player year one and that's the chargers window they need to win right now they need to get an impact player that's going to help them it's hard to Advocate for you know a developmental pick for them at seventeen. So when you're rolling out this one, having all of these four rounds in mind, David, where did you go at pick seventeen?
1: Yeah, just looking at how the board uh, really fell for me, and you know what the Chargers' needs are, and what I feel like was the best value of the pick. I just couldn't get around going back to Andrew Booth Jr. out of <laughs> Clemson. I just really enjoy Both watching the him. Truth. Yeah, he he is to me and I understand the injury concern with the sports hernia but I think that's something that can definitely get cleaned up and you know there's really not been any issues with players uh having that similar injury and and coming back 100%. So I just love his ability to turn his head around to look for the ball. He's always so ultra aggressive when the ball is in the air. He's like a Tasmanian devil when he when he is coming after the quarterback and he did do that quite often um and he's just a great tackler open field. He's a heat-seeking missile to the ball carrier and he fights through blocks. I mean, he's a, the type of corner that Brandon Staley would love to have in his defense.
0: Yeah, and with Booth, the ball production is the thing that stands out the most. I mean, some really acrobatic interceptions in his career at Clemson, and a guy who's really hard not to like, and I understand you coming back to him as we're kind of finishing things up, because, I mean, at a certain point, we're just talking about different guys that could be there at 17 just to, you know, kind of feel out what the best options were at that point. And now, yeah. you know, We'll have our final mock draft at some point. You get locking in for a final time, but I don't mind that move at all because the thing is, is you can never have too many corners, and Brandon Staley has said so himself, especially guys that get the ball back and give it back to Justin Herbert. And then when you think of the Chargers specifically, David, yes, corner is not their biggest need, but for them, I mean, I think we're still all a little unsure what Michael Davis's fit is in this Brandon Staley defense, and it's never too soon to play him.
1: Yeah, definitely not, especially when you look at the just extraordinary explosive talent at wide receiver that is all over the AFC West teams that you're going to have to play multiple times a year and you have to have as many quality defenders in your pocket to be able to, you know, go up against that. You know, that's just what you have to do. And as far as Michael Davis is concerned, he had a little bit of trouble last year adhering to Brandon Staley's defense, and, you know, there's a lot of techniques and things that he had to work out. So, I mean, if things don't go well with Michael Davis, there is a, an out in his contract. After the 2022 year, if the Chargers cut him before the third league year, they don't have to pay him a roster bonus, and they only will take on $2 million in dead caps. So, you know, when you look at that and you look at how much the top – you know, 20 corners are making all over $10 million per season. And also the value of getting a, a very good ro- corner on a rookie contract, which, I mean, according to Spotrak, is only about $16 million over four years. I don't know how you can't just absolutely love the value there, of course, if you hit on the pick.
0: Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is you have to hit on it. I mean, Tom Telesco does have a pretty good track record of picking up till the 17th pick, right? There's some other ones after that. You know, the Kenneth Murray's and the Jerry Tillery's where it's later and you don't really know, but... Yeah, it's an expensive position. And if you could lock somebody up with your very highly paid corner and JC Jackson on the other side, that would be really nice to have, you know, for the next five years in this case, with that fifth year option potentially. And it's, you know, never bad to have too many corners. And I think with Michael Davis, obviously, yes, you're hopeful that it works out. You hope he works better. You just don't know. So this is the insurance plan. You don't want to keep him because you feel like you have to. If you have Andrew Jr., you probably don't feel that way. So with me, At pick 17, a lot of good options. I mean, I've gone receiver. I've gone corner with Andrew Booth Jr. We had a dream option with Charles Cross. Today, I went with the dark horse option that we talked about on last week's show. I'm going with Zion Johnson for me at 17. I have a little bit of a theme to how I'm drafting players today. But when you just look at the general thought process behind it, I mean, first of all, the dude's a glass-eating, mean dude that you want on your team temperament-wise. He's the kind of guy that you like. You know, throwing people under the ground, playing through the whistle, just being a mean guy that you wouldn't want to find in a dark alley. But also, David, the way I'm kind of looking at it is even though it's not the biggest position of need for the Chargers and guard doesn't bring a ton of positional value as far as salary goes and as far as, you know, those premier positions like edge rusher, corner, things like that. In this scenario, I'm so, you know, sure that this dude is going to go into the NFL and be a good player. I'm chalking the Chargers up for four good offensive linemen, right? Like, Tackle guard, obviously tackle is more important, but if you're telling me I can have four good offensive linemen in front of Justin Herbert, it definitely makes things a little bit easier when you have even the whole the Chargers have right now, right, Tackle?
1: Well, you got to love the already just solid dudes that you have on that offensive line. And I think that really gives you some comfortability when you are trying to introduce a rookie. And, you know, this guy is ready to play. I mean, Zion Johnson, like you said, he is nasty. I mean, he's trying to run people over. He's trying to maul people. He's trying to absolutely... You know, erase you like that's that's the mentality that he has and so to bring that and also be, allow him to grow with the rest of this offensive line for hopefully several years to really build that chemistry and really have one of those offensive lines that you can keep together for several seasons i think that would be just incredibly impactful to protect justin herbert
0: well and it also gives you the option if you want to put him at left guard you do have the option to kick out matt at a right tackle and then you still have brendan hymas there who could potentially you know start at right guard or you bring back Ode Abushi, right? I think those yeah. are all good options. And even though you're not getting an explosive wide receiving threat in this scenario and, you know, some of those guys were taken when I picked it anyways, you're getting the best player at his position in this draft class. You're not getting, you know, the fourth best receiver or the fifth best offensive tackle or the seventh yeah. best edge rusher. You're getting the number one guy. And I think that when you're talking about a safe pick and a guy that obviously improves your team because you're protecting your best player on your team, That's the reason I felt good about it in this one, and it could change, but I love Zion Johnson. He's such a good player, so I refuse to apologize about that because the NFL draft is a crapshoot when you feel like you have a guy that is going to come in, plug and play, be an above average starter for you, really at any position that's not special teams related, right? Like, that's a, a very valuable pickup, so that's definitely the thought process I went to with that one, but... There's also some in, you know, very talented interior offensive linemen later on in the draft as well. And there's also some interesting cornerback prospects later on in the draft. So coming up after this, we're going to get into our round two, round three options for the Chargers. The second pick, that's going to throw me off through the entire draft process. No second round pick. We're getting to the Chargers pick at 79 in the third round with some really intriguing options. The one thing I didn't tell you is that Zion Johnson also scored a 9.76 on the relative athletic scale. A super athletic, giant, glass-eating monster. It's going to go along with the theme of my next couple of picks coming up after this. But if you guys love the draft, you probably also love betting on the draft. And the way I do that is with BetOnline.net, the only place that I place my bets and the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I love prop bets and things like that. So for the 2022 NFL draft, you'll be able to find some bets and some really fun things to bet on with BetOnline.net. And it is just the best place to go for all lines, odds, and props that you're going to find. And it's not just football, obviously. It's basketball. You have the playoffs. I had some fun betting on UFC last weekend. that was a lot of fun with a couple of championship fights. The puncher's chance. I mean, Gilbert Burns almost won some people a lot of money but whatever you're looking for with bet online you're going to find it. i mean even your favorite vegas casino games you can find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at bet online where the game starts all right david well we're going to the chargers second round pick (laughs) second pick in the third round but if you guys need a second listen for after making us your first listen, as always, make sure to check out the Locked On NFL show because they have the best podcast hosts across the Locked On network to give you the latest around the entire NFL, not just us with our little Chargers bubble. But, hey, we love our Chargers bubble, and we love draft picks and draft season. And, David, now we're looking in the third round for the Chargers, and this is also a very important pick as we're seeing it, right, because you don't have a second round pick, which – just puts more pressure on you in the third round, really, right? Because you have a long gap in between your two picks, and it's your last pick inside the top 100, which is you know kind of the NFL around the NFL. It's like okay, that's where you're looking. That's where you're most likely to find the best players, the top 100 players of a draft. But it doesn't mean that you can't find someone good. So, David, knowing with what the char you know what the Chargers needs are, knowing what you did in the first round, you win defense. Where are you going with at pick 79 in the third round for the Chargers?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I went because I went defense in the first round, and I think that's where I just saw the value at the pick. I'm I'm definitely hunting for offensive line help. I mean, that we need the, the Chargers need to add bodies to that position group, and they need guys that can come in and be productive right away. So that's why I went with Darian Kennard out of Kentucky. This guy is gigantic, and he has those long arms that you love for an offensive lineman. He played most of his snaps out there at right tackle but he is more suited for guard at the NFL level. He's a mauling blocker. I mean, this guy is trying to absolutely destroy you and run through you. He's very, very physical. He has very sturdy base. I've seen him be able to absorb the bull rush very, very easily. And he has that length I was talking about, 35-inch arms. This guy is very long. It helps you uh, be very effective in pass protection. And he's improved every single year that he's been in college. I think you saw steady production and steady improvement year over year. And he's a nasty finisher. So a lot to like when you look at Darian Kennard.
0: Yeah, another mean dude, right? Going along with that kind of trend. A guy that, yeah, probably transitions to the inside. Maybe some teams still see him as a tackle. And he played some tackle at the senior bowl. And that's the other big thing for him was winning at the senior bowl. I mean, he was one of those guys that went out played very well and absolutely improved his draft stock to the point where, you know, he could not be there in the third round. This would, I think, be a really fortunate fall for the Chargers, and I think it would be a really good pickup because I do think he will be able to transition to guarding. Going towards what you said, David, there was a stat I read on Twitter, credited with 47 knockdown blocks in 11 games during the 2020 season. Like, that's, (laughs) I mean, I I read a quote from one of his teammates saying, like, he loves pancakes like he's hungry for breakfast or something along those <laughs> lines. And I think that definitely fits. And I think for the Chargers, it's a scenario where you pick something in the first round that might not be your biggest need, but you're hopefully coming back around in the third round and getting a starting player or a player that can come in this year and make that transition and play some guard for you.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to go for with with this pick. And you know, just one more thing to throw in there before I get into some things that he needs to work on is he only allowed one snap, one sack in 748 snaps. So, I mean, this guy you know, is very, very good in pass protection, even though he probably, you know, like I said, better suited for guard. And that's because he has a slow first step at times and he needs to really improve his hand technique. I mean, the one thing I said, he's a mauler and that's a good thing in the running game. But in pass protection, it's probably a little bit better to try to latch on so you can have control of your defender and really remove him from the play. But that's one thing that he definitely needs to improve upon at the at the NFL level if he's going to be the best type of player that he can be, uh, best player he can be, excuse me. And he needs to stay off the ground. I mean, he does get on, he does get moved to the ground, or he, you know, he loses balance and falls falls over a little bit too often. And those are things that needs to get cleaned up. Um, but in the third round i think you could do a lot worse than darian canard
0: yeah i think so too you definitely could and i think that with the balancing that's it also kind of lends itself to moving into guard right having him yeah. play inside of a phone booth where he's not going to be out in space potentially losing his balance or trying to keep up with speed rushers on the outside and things like exactly. that and he also you know got to go up against a pretty elite slate of pass rushers in the sec and when you have those yep. kind of reps to see obviously that's nice and you can see how it translates to the inside if that's what the Chargers would decide to do. And I'm guessing they would in this scenario. They have a giant left guard. Maybe they bring in a giant right guard or, you know, a guy that lets Filer kick out to right tackle potentially. So going along with my theme, I'm basically in this big, I got a starting guard, which I love. I got one starting player already. Now I'm looking for another player who could potentially impact for the Chargers this year and go along with my theme which in this case is just extreme athleticism and guys who scored really high on the RAS scale for this one. So this is my all-athlete team, and I started with an offensive guard. And this time I'm going with Leo Chanel, which is a linebacker from Wisconsin, a guy that's an absolute force for them and also fits a need for the Chargers. But this is what I liked about this dude. I think he's going to drop because some people do think of him as a two-down linebacker, and I'm not even going to really disagree with that. You didn't see a lot from him in coverage but what he would bring to the Chargers specifically is a nastiness and a physicality that they don't currently have plus he scored at 9.99 on the res scale his athleticism <laughs> a, a, even more than his tape I think that's kind of alarming It's like I didn't necessarily think he was a 9.99 uh higher than Luke Kikwe and, and guys like that that was like one of his close comps Luke Keekly had a 9.9 that's crazy but you do see it in certain instances. You see it when he's getting downhill. He's quick to burst. He's a great blitzer. He can get through the hole, and he does a great job of flattening out once he gets there to make the tackle. Super sure tackle. Super sure tackler. But what I love is how he takes on blocks. I mean, there's one thing that I've watched, you know, watching through all of the linebackers that seems like the same note I have for almost every linebacker I scout is just doesn't like to take on blocks, right? There's a lot of guys yeah. who can dodge the block and things like that. No, this dude's meeting offensive guards in the hole knocking them backwards and then shedding them to make tackles. And that's what I love is this dude, you know, pretty much instantly come in and be your best run defender. That's where he, you know, really is going to thrive. You don't want to have him too far away from the ball. And you don't see that elite athleticism necessarily in sideline to sideline action. He did end up testing really well on the three cone drill and things like that. Not something I necessarily always saw translating with the change of direction, but as far as a blitzer game wrecking type of player, I mean, 18 and a half tackles for loss and eight sacks led the team in tackles for loss and sacks over the last two seasons for Wisconsin, who's like a linebacker factory in a guy that fits the run so well. He always knows where to be. He seems like he's always in the right spot. And that's the one thing I saw last year with the Chargers linebackers guys not being where they're supposed to be, not where they you know need to be in their run fits. Leading to big runs. So, I do think maybe, you know, he can be trusted with simple kind of shallow drops in zone coverage, things like that. But I'm taking this dude for a good reason to bring a different kind of element to that linebacker room and give the charge some physicality on first and second down so Brandon Staley can put all the defensive backs on the field that he wants.
1: Yeah, and then you're grabbing a guy that can come in and be a force against the run in the middle of your defense. And, and, you know, you already did a good job of improving who you had on the defensive line, which in turn will improve that rotation. But, you know, those guys, you know, holding up those double teams is going to free things up for those linebackers to be able to roam in between and make those tackles. So you got a guy that can fit the run that has, you know, done it at a high level in college. College and you see that projection into the NFL, into this defense, you can definitely see the fit. I mean, hey, look how you know impressive Denzel Perriman was. I mean, he wasn't always great as a, as a you know coverage linebacker, but he was fantastic against the run. And he brought that thump that you need in the middle of your defense. So I can definitely see why you would go with this guy. I mean, very, very positive impact potential there.
0: Yeah, and like, I mean, he closes quickly on passes that are in front of him and things like that if you need to have him out there for those situations. So the other part of it is I just don't think that Brandt Staley was asking that much of his linebackers and coverage. And sure. now I've kind of gotten to see that a little bit more after seeing how these guys played in this season. So I do think it's going to help you so much from a standpoint of, hey, you know, you want to get in those sub packages. You want to be in, you know, nickel and dime and get your money and star on the field. You can do that, and you can take this guy off and get better coverage players there, but you got to get to those third and longs and those situations before you even worry about that other stuff. And this guy helps you get there, and he's just a monster. I mean, great blitzer, causes chaos, sure tackler. Those are all things the Chargers kind of were lacking in some way in the linebacker room and still are, even with the addition of Troy Reeder, and we'll talk about his signing on tomorrow's show. Got to have something to talk about then, because I know a lot of people may be a little bit upset about that. But, David, we still have – more to get to because we're getting into for the first time guys in the fourth round the Chargers could go after I really like your pick at a position I know a lot of Chargers fans really want to see filled so we're going to get into that coming up after this but I love Darren Kennard I mean, from a temperament standpoint you know, we have athleticism on this show we also have a lot of mean dudes and just like Darren Kennard likes to eat glass I like to eat Bilt Bars because they are the best protein bar on the planet and of course my favorite protein bar because they have the best flavors and I know Easter guys is coming up very quickly and you can get the yellow chirp flavored built bar puffs something limited time only that you guys should jump on now you can also get caramel brownie which is on there for a limited time or you could also go with any of my favorites right peanut butter brownie cookies and cream mainstays you can always get in on that action or cinnamon churro if you want to go built puff lemon dipped cheesecake so many great flavors while also finding a bar that fits on your diet because most bars have 17 grams of protein while having less than four grams of sugar in four grams of fat or four grams of carbs and four grams of sugar. And also, I mean, only 130 calories. You're not going to find something that tastes like a candy bar, right, that has 130 calories. You're usually going to get something chalky that kind of tastes like cardboard, not with Built Bar. You're getting the great taste while also feeling like you're eating a cheat meal. And that's not the best part, guys, because the best part is you can even save some money. If you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at Built.com. All right, David. Well, I'm excited to get into fourth round options for the Chargers, something we haven't gotten into yet. And I think there's some certain positions that you can find a guy that could potentially be an impact player early on at certain positions, even in the fourth round, right? Do you have a role? Or you can go the opposite way and you're going for, hey, I'm going to find a guy that has elite tools and didn't have the production to potentially be a top three pick or he's coming from a small school or something along those lines, right? And I think we have a little bit of each of those covered on today's show. So when you're picking for the Chargers, David, in round four at pick 123, who'd you go with on this fine mock draft Monday?
1: Yeah, well, looking to try to solve another problem, another pain point, another you know position that needs to be addressed. And hopefully the third time is the charm because I'm going after that RB2 spot and I'm filling <laughs> it with Florida's <laughs> Damian Pierce. And this is the type of profile I was looking for. I want a physical Guy that can run in between the tackles, that can absolutely stone people in pass protection. Who's a, a, a very good run blocker as well. I mean, when they used him as a lead blocker, he was fantastic. He's five foot ten, five foot nine, depending on where you look. Two hundred fifteen pounds, and man, <laughs> he never ever goes down on first contact. I mean, that's the first thing that I saw. You know, all over his tape, I watched several games. This guy does not go down easily. You cannot just ankle tackle him. He's going to run right through you. He also has decent hands. I like his start and stop ability. He's not the most explosive athlete there, but he can put his foot in the ground and he can take off. So, uh, man, a lot of good things. And I think this is the type of back that I would love to have as the RB2 behind Austin Eckler.
0: Yeah, and you're right. It would be the third crack at it, right? Because, I mean, two years ago was Josh Kelly in the fourth round, round right around where the Chargers are picking this year. And then last year you get Larry Roundtree in the sixth round. And I think this guy brings something a little bit different to the table. I mean, neither of those guys were total bruisers, Brown Tree, more than Kelly was. Sure. But at least this guy brings a little bit more athletic upside, I think, than those guys do. And I think he's just more of a complete runner than those guys are as well. I do like this pick. I mean, he's the guy that I highlighted when we were talking about the Senior Bowl earlier on in the offseason process, and a guy that I think can be a capable RB2 for sure at the next level. And I think still would, you know, probably come in. And have a leg up on those other guys I talked about because I do think, I mean, maybe not the twitchiest kind of athlete, but with the start and stop that you're talking about, I feel like he's really good, you know, has really good burst once he decides to go. And I think the one thing about him is his patience when, you know, to find that hole, especially in his own blocking scheme, and then explode through it, I think is really nice to see because he does kind of break people's angles a little bit because even though he's not super twitchy his acceleration is pretty good like he can stop and start and get going pretty quickly the the strides aren't very long and I've seen him you know bounce out of a lot of situations where he probably should have been in a lot more trouble It's something that I saw when I was watching Damian Pierce but also a guy that had a lot of very good competition to go to and if you can solve that, David, finally, and take a little bit off Austin Eckler's plate, like, you can find a backup running back, right? You're not needing a starter at this position. If you can just find someone that's going to come in, play well behind Austin Eckler for 15 snaps a game, you're, you know, it's money.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly what you're looking for. And you want a guy that's productive. I mean, first couple of years he was in college, he wasn't used as much. But one thing has always rung true. This guy's ran for over five yards a carry every single year that he's been in college. So... When you put the football in his hands, good things happen. Obviously, there are some things that he needs to clean up. He doesn't always pick the right hole. I mean, I think the vision, you know, is inconsistent, I would say. When he does, you know, make those good decisions, man, it looks fantastic. But sometimes he doesn't pick the right hole. Uh, And like I said before, he doesn't have the elite quickness. He's not going to be the most agile type of running back, but that's not his game. That's not what he's bringing to the table. He's bringing the 13 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, you know, type of, you know, I'm going to, you know, get you inside the, the five yard line and I'm going to get in the end zone period, because that's what I'm going to, he has that nose for the football. He definitely needs a head of steam to get up to full speed though. You know, I mean, kind of needs a runway a little bit, um, to be able to, you know, hit that top gear and take, take off. And he does kind of get, um, you know, he gets, you know, caught from behind, which, you know, Hey, that that's okay. I mean, like I said, that's not, he's not going to the most explosive speed type of running back, but he's going to be able to bruise in between the tackles gets you those touchdowns in, inside the five-yard line. Uh, like, I, I love this pick. I think this is the type of profile and the type of running back that could pair very nicely and be that Robin to the Batman of Austin Neckler.
0: Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't even have that much of a problem with the quickness because it's like like you're saying, I mean, he's more often than not making people miss. And so yeah. it's like you have to be, you know, you have to have a certain amount of elusiveness to get that. I mean, even if it's not just, you know, leaving guys in the dust and they can't touch you, like, if you're right. getting to the point where they can't make enough contact on you to bring you down, that's all you really need. And this dude also runs through a bunch of arm tackles as well. It's very hard to bring this dude down unless you're really squaring him up or getting him to stop his feet. He does dance a little bit too much sometimes, tries yeah. to bounce them out. But if, when he does bounce it out, more often than not, he was getting in the corner. That corner gets a lot harder to get around at the next level, obviously. So yeah. there'll have to be some adjustments there. With mine, I went... Almost purely upside, and it is a kind of a developmental pick that goes in line with the pick that you had to start the show at corner. And I'm taking another corner, just one that's not going to be immediately ready, but I do think we would be a good replacement down the road for Michael Davis when you're just looking for a tall, long, athletic dude, which, I mean, might not be Brandon Staley's type, but I ended up going with Zion McCollum, the cornerback from Sam Houston State, small school guy that put himself on the radar with a 10 out of 10 on the RAS scale number one out of 1923 Sheesh. corners since 1987 ran the low four threes, So he has the speed. He's also over six foot two. So he has the height right there. That's enough, you know, to pique the interest of NFL teams. Oh, I yeah. don't know if he's going to be around, you know, round four, but I'd believe it because, I mean, there's definitely a lot to work on. I think for his size, Definitely has good short area quickness, especially because that's something, you know, Michael Davis has struggled with. He really tested well there, Uh, you know, his pro day. Good ball skills. That's the other big thing and why I think the Chargers, you know, maybe would take a lottery ticket on him. 13 career interceptions, 54 passes defended in 56 career games. That means basically every game he was getting his hands on the football one way or another. Good speed. Willing tackler. (laughs) I say willing, not good tackler. Good closing speed on stuff that's in front of him. This is a project, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. I mean, this is a pick that you're taking for the future to try to set yourself up for when a Michael Davis or someone like that leaves. Even if Michael Davis has you know a couple of good seasons, let him go, get a comp pick, do whatever. But this is you getting ready for the future, building for the future. It's hard to find a guy who's going to be an impact player. At running back, you can do it right find a guy who can help you now but at cornerback if you're going fourth fifth six rounds you're getting somebody who's you know gonna probably take a little while that's what this guy is i mean low level of competition at uh, competition at sam houston extremely raw prospect some really good reps mirroring jamming guys at the line of scrimmage getting his head around playing the ball i mean 13 interceptions You can't you know you don't luck into that by any means but there's a lot of bad reps as well and when he's tackling i love the fact that he's willing to tackle you know but the technique has to come right the technique the wrapping up all of those things has to be a part of it as well to get really excited about someone but i think that's the thing with him it is technique there's things that he can learn obviously he didn't have an nfl coaching staff to get him ready get this guy in the mix david bring in a guy who has all the tools and then hopefully you're not in a situation like where you were this year where it's like hey we need to bring in a jc jackson because our cornerback room is kind of a mess right now and we don't know what to expect from it Build for the future
1: well, you can't teach athleticism. You can't teach just raw talent and tools. I mean, if you have it, you have it. But what you can teach is technique. And, right. you know, if we we're talking a couple of years ago with the coaching staff that were in place here, I don't know how comfortable I would be taking a project because they have not, you know, previously shown any ability to actually, you yeah. know, bring players develop. along and yeah. develop them. This staff here, I think, has already shown that they can develop players at a better level. And that was one of the biggest you know, reasons and things that Brandon Staley was looking for in his coaching staff was the ability to develop these players when you bring them in. So yeah. I trust the Chargers coaching staff and their de- defensive coaches to be able to take a player that has the raw tools and provide him that foundation of technique that he needs to excel in the NFL.
0: And I think in a situation like this, too, you also have the incredibly high floor of, hey, put the dude who runs a 4-3 out a Gunner and just have him, you know, build him into a special teams ace. And, you know, even though he might not come along in certain areas of being a cornerback, if you need a guy who needs to be a specialist on the outside, who has all the athleticism to do it, this is a guy that would kind of fill that mold. Not necessarily what you always want to have a fourth round pick, but a guy with, potential to potentially get on the field you know potential to potentially get on the field defensively while also bringing you a very high floor with a special teams player that would come in, be super athletic like a you know Kasim is good in the past i know he was a receiver but he was a special teams player let's be honest he was just incredibly oh, yeah. incredibly fast and they taught that dude how to tackle so i think they could do that with this tackle get down the field quickly don't let the guy run it back for a touchdown special teams fixed all right Well I love those picks David I mean and you know I went with a freakishly athletic team even though I got guys that you know was an offensive guard and I also got a guy who's just a run stuffing glass eating linebacker but this was fun to get into all you know four rounds and three picks the Chargers are going to have first and we'll continue to do this throughout the mock draft Mondays leading up to the draft before getting into our final mock draft where we select the picks for the final time David but we do have news to get into on tomorrow's show, so tomorrow we will be talking about the Troy Reader signing, and if it was a mistake that the Chargers ended up bringing him in instead of bringing back Kazir White, because I know a lot of people were scratching their head about that. But to make sure you don't miss it, subscribe to the Lockdown, NFL, or Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from. You can also follow the Lockdown NFL Draft Show if you guys want to keep up with the draft. I know I'm definitely hitting that heavy this time of year. Eric Crocker, former NFL player, and Ryan Tracy giving you the latest in Crocker has some takes, man. You might not agree with it, but he definitely has a different perspective as a former NFL player. But we'll be back tomorrow with that Troy Reader news. Until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter as well at Locked On LAC because we post the show there every day. We also post the show on our Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We'll definitely keep doing fan mail Friday. So if you guys want to get in on that, call into the voicemail line. The number is 323 524 7924. And we're trying to get every Charges voicemail played on the show. But you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at talk SD. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow to talk about Troy Reader. Until then, take it easy and go bolts.